Good morning, Team Eastgate. How are y'all today? We've got the E kids here. I'm really excited to be here. Before we get too far, I'm going to go ahead and address the elephant in the room. I'm not Pastor Josh. So I'm going to need you guys to talk back to me. This is not a speech. This is a conversation. We're going to converse about the things of God. So however it is that you need to talk back, preach it, sister. Go on, Rachel. Tell them how it is. You could give me a Ric Flair. Woo! If you're online, if you're watching online, still shout because I will feel it in my soul. Like and share. Put it in the comments. Let me know somehow that this is the best thing that you've ever heard. And... That's all I need from you. Can you do that? Yeah. Awesome. Great. Well, do you guys like my shirt? I made it for today. Yeah. Not today, Satan. Yeah. That is the title of our message. Not today, Satan. But listen, you got to put a little sass in it. You can't just be like, not today, Satan. Put your hand on your hip. Come on, do it with me. Hand on your hip. Get your finger. Come on, Miss Brenda. Not today, Satan. Not today. That's pretty good. That's pretty good. Thank you, guys. Not today, Satan. That's what we're going to talk about, not today, Satan. The first question I have for you, though, is who is Satan? Who is Satan? He's the devil. He's the enemy of mankind, if you will. He's out to kill, steal, and destroy us. He's out to um, take away our relationship with Jesus. That's what he wants. He wants to take away our relationship with Jesus, trap us into sin so that we miss out on that. The Bible also says that he's a liar. We know that to be true, 100%. And the Bible also talks about how he's a tempter. He tempts us into, into sin. He tempts us um, with things that might trap us into sin. And he even tried to tempt Jesus. You guys know that? Yes. Satan tried to tempt Jesus. We're going to read about it um, in Matthew chapter 4, verses 1 through 11. It says, Then Jesus was led by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted there by the devil. For 40 days and 40 nights he fasted and became very hungry. So let's pause right there. This is the New Living Translation version of the Bible. If this was the Rachel Brown version, it would say, For 40 days and 40 nights he fasted and became very hungry. Duh. I mean, I don't know if you guys have ever fasted, but it's not the fun. It's not fun. It's not the most fun thing. I plan my day around food. Duh would be there. But we're going to continue with verse 3. During that time, the devil came and said to him, If you are the Son of God, tell these stones to become loaves of bread. But Jesus told him, No. The scriptures say, People do not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. Then the devil took him to the holy city, Jerusalem, to the highest point of the temple, and said, If you are the Son of God, jump off. For the scriptures say, He will order his angels to protect you, and they will hold you up with their hands so you won't even hurt your foot on a stone. Jesus replied, The scripture also says, You must not test the Lord your God. Next, the devil took him to the peak of a very high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their glory. I will give it all to you, he said, if you will kneel down and worship me. Get out of here, Satan, Jesus told him, for the scriptures say, You must worship the Lord your God and serve only him. Then the devil went away, and the angels came and took care of Jesus. So there's a lot to unpack in that. There's a lot going on in that scripture. But the first thing that I want you guys to know about this 
is that being tempted is not a sin. Being tempted by the devil, being tempted by the enemy is not a sin. Because if it was a sin, then Jesus would have sinned when he was tempted, and he wouldn't be our perfect sacrifice, and we know that's not true. He's perfect and blameless and holy, and he was tempted by Satan. He was tempted by the devil, so we know that it's not a sin. And we can even go as far in Hebrews chapter 10. It talks about the old sacrifices that we had to do. You know, we had to sacrifice a goat or a lamb or whatever. It had to be perfect. You had to go to the priest, and you had to hope that it worked. It was like, okay, Jesus, I'm hoping that this is going to work. But then the Bible says that Jesus' sacrifice is good for all time. We don't have to do it over and over again. He doesn't have to die on the cross multiple times. He did it once. His blood is perfect. His sacrifice is perfect. So he is our perfect sacrifice. So if he was tempted and he didn't sin, then being tempted is not a sin. This is where you can shout because that's good news. Jesus was tempted and he did not sin. So when the devil comes at you, you're not sin until you fall into that trap. But don't get me wrong. Satan's a skilled tempter. He's good at what he does. I mean, he has to be if he's going to go up against Jesus, right? I mean, he's not some low-level demon down there like he is Satan. He's going against God, and he's trying to tempt him into sin. So he's good at what he does. And he watches us, guys. He's playing the long game. This isn't something that he just throws temptations out to us willy-nilly. He watches us, and he gets to know our weaknesses and things that could easily trap us into sin. For me... Much to the dismay of my husband, barbecue is not a temptation for me to mess up my meal plan. I don't like barbecue. It's not my thing. I'm going to pass it up, and I'm going to eat whatever it is on my meal plan for that day. Barbecue is not a temptation for me. (laughs) However, sprinkles iced coffee in their donuts are a temptation for me to mess up my meal plan. And they are closed on Mondays now. Somebody please go work for Sprinkles because Mondays is when I need them to be open. But um, so, but Satan knows that. I know that's a funny analogy, but he knows our weaknesses. He watches us. He gets to know our personalities. He gets to know who we are so that he can tempt us with things that would make us easily trap into sin. And it may not be bad things. I know for me, when I was in middle school and high school, I didn't care what people thought about me. Just go look at my yearbook pictures. I didn't care what I wore. I didn't care about my hair. I mean, I really didn't care. Like, it wasn't an issue for me. You don't like me? Fine. You know, I, I wasn't being cocky. I just really wasn't an issue. I was perfectly content in my room with my books. My books are my friends. And those characters, they were my friends. And that's all that I needed. So I never thought that that was going to be an issue for me, worrying about what people think, worrying about people's thoughts, until I became an adult, and I got married, and I had kids, and started working, um, getting involved in church, and doing all these different things. And then I started worrying about what people thought about me, that perfect social media self-image, if you will, people thinking about me. And that's where the anxiety started to come in, and I was so worried about what people thought that that was my main focus. I would get up every day and I would work out so that I could have this certain body image and I would make sure my house was clean and I would cook all these gourmet meals for my family because they've got to eat perfect organic food and they've got to wear the right foods. And that became such a focus for me. That's all I thought about that I stopped reading the Bible as much as I should. And I stopped praying as much as I stood. When I got up early in the morning, when I originally did those things, 
I was doing something else. So these things in and of themselves are not a sin. I got to feed my kids. They got to wear clothes. We have to go to work. Exercise is a good thing. Eating healthy foods are a good thing. But when they become a distraction and distracting you from Jesus, from me, that's where they became a sin. So that's something I never thought that I would deal with. But that's where you got to know your weaknesses. Know where the devil may hit you. I'm going to throw this out here. If you know that you have an issue with anxiety and depression, pray for your kids. Pray for your children because everybody says that that's a generational thing, but it's going to be a generation until it ran into you, and your kids are not going to suffer for that. So if you have issues with things like that, pray for your kids, pray for yourself. Know what your weaknesses are so that he can't skip you, or so he can't get you and make you skip out on all that stuff. So Pastor Jeremy and I have been married 13 years. I love you. You're my favorite. I love you so much. So... <laughs> When we first got married, we lived in this quadruplex. If you guys don't know what a quadruplex is, it's pretty much a double-wide trailer that they've split in four. So there's four different units. And it was really old building, wooden building. It was out in the middle of this big giant field in the middle of nowhere. So there were mice, right? And at first it wasn't that big of a deal. You know, we would see evidence of mice in the back corner, in the closet, or something like that. <laughs> well, since he said it. Um, we'd see things like that, but they weren't getting into our food. They weren't really messing with stuff. We put out traps, you know, but it wasn't a huge, wasn't a huge thing, you know. We were trying to take care of it. Until one day, I went into my office, and I realized that some mouse had chewed on my $300 math college math book. College math book. And I was like, something switched in my head that day. Y'all, these mice were going down. <laughs> they were going to go down to the pits of hell with Satan. I was done with this, right? So I was on a mission. If there was a mouse trap on the market, I bought it, okay? I went to every single store that in person sells stuff for mice. I got on the internet. I bought all the different kind of traps. I talked to exterminators, I talked to people, read blogs, any kind of trap, I bought it. Any kind of suggestion for bait, we got it. We put it in there. We switched it out every so often. We put different traps around the house. We moved those around every couple of days. We put poison around the outside of the house. We tried peppermint oil. All the things that is supposed to get rid of mice, we tried it. And we had an exterminator come out and say, well, this is everything I would suggest to you, so y'all have a good day. And we paid him money for nothing because I was already doing it, right? And I was, I was so frustrated, though, because we were not catching any mice. Like, nothing. There was nothing in these trips. One time I caught a mouse. It's because my dog trapped it in the corner. I put a bowl over it, and I flushed it down the toilet. But that's the only time I ever caught a mouse. And I was so mad because I'd spent so much money on these mouse traps. I did everything right, did everything that everybody told me to do. Why was I not catching these mice? So I was really frustrated. I was on a mission, though. I was going to eat, sleep, and breathe getting rid of these mice, except I couldn't sleep because I was worried about the mice crawling all over me. And I couldn't eat because I was worried about you know, mice evidence, and I couldn't breathe because I was worried about mice evidence. But I was on a mission, I was going to get rid of these, and I was so mad because we were not catching any mice. So I came across this blog, and it's like, why are you doing everything right, but you're not catching any mice? True story, I'm not lying to you. 
the guy said in this blog, you're doing everything that you're supposed to to catch these mice, but ultimately they're living creatures and you cannot make them go into the traps. So that, the whole point of that story is to let you guys know that Satan can't make you sin. He cannot make you sin. He cannot make you fall into his traps, into his temptations. All he can do is tempt you. He cannot make you sin. Don't get me wrong. He's skilled. We've talked about it. That's what he does. That's his whole goal is to tempt you and let you fall into sin. But that doesn't mean that he can make you sin. Guys, he's not that powerful. Satan is not that powerful. He can't make you sin. Jesus died on the cross. All power in heaven on earth has been given to him, and he has given it to us so we can get over Satan and his traps. I hear a lot, maybe you have, those with kids, the devil made me do it. I heard that a lot when I was teaching. And I would always tell them, no, the devil didn't make you do it. You made you do it. He just made it easy. So are you stronger than the devil? Can you withstand his temptations? But he can't make you sin. So the next question is, why does he put all this effort in? Why does the devil try to tempt you so much to break your relationship with Jesus, to wreak havoc on your life? Why does he do that? What's the point of all this? I'll tell you. Because even Satan knows that God has big plans for you. Even Satan knows that you have a destiny in the name of Jesus, and he's trying to destroy that. He's trying to make you ineffective for the word of God. He's trying to take all of that away from you. But I have some good news for you. The Bible talks about how we can get the devil off of our back, how we can get over his temptations, how we can get rid of that, and how we can get him off our back. I need some help from you guys. Because that whole Jesus scream at the beginning, that is not the real test to who is going to win this family Sunday. Our Bible verse, our power verse, is how we're going to determine that. So we've got a video. Yeah. E-Kids is going to help us out, Sven and Glenn, and they're going to tell us how to get the devil off of our back and how to get rid of his temptations. Are you ready? Yeah. Let's play it. My name is Glenn. We are here to pump you up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Glenn and I are power. That's right, brother. And we are going to teach you a knock knock joke. Oh, I love knock knock jokes. Tell us, tell us, tell us. Here we go. Knock knock. Who's that? Wanda Taco. Wanda Taco who? Wanda Taco. Wanda Taco about today's power verse? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wait, I don't get it. I don't either, but it's funny. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What is today's power verse? Today's power verse says, So humble yourselves before God. Resist the devil, and he will flee from you. James 4 7. Oh, 
levels are very powerful, powerful, Glenn. Yeah, it was, bro. But you know what we need? What? We need the boys and the girls to stand up with us and set up our us on the count of three. Yeah, yeah, but you have to do it powerfully. Ooh, that's right. So stand up. Come on, stand up. And here we go on the count of three. But you got to do arm rolls. Arm rolls. Roll on this. Here we go. Humble yourselves before God. Resist the devil, and he will flee from you. James 4, 7. Oh, that was an amazing part of us, Glenn. Yeah, you only have, have a seat. Yeah, well, listen, now it's time for me and my brother Sven to let you go. Oh, yes, but until next time, when we teach you another power verse, my name is Sven. And my name is Glenn. And we'll see you next time when we pop. Well, I'm going to say Beth, the adults won that one because I saw a lot of kids still sitting down, including my own. So good job, adults. But here's the deal. James 4, 7 means the adults really know what's going down in this verse, right? So humble yourself before God. Resist the devil, and he will flee from you. So I want to point out that this isn't James. This is New Testament scripture. We briefly talked about it. This is not Old Testament scripture where, again, you had to go to the priest every single day, sacrifice the goat, sacrifice the lamb. It had to be perfect. Hoped your sins were forgiven. And you may have sinned and not known about it, and you were held responsible. It was a whole thing. It was a lot of work. This is New Testament scripture. Jesus has already died. His blood has already forgiven our sins. And he is telling us with all of his power to humble yourself before God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. So I looked up the word resist because I'm not going to lie. I didn't really know what it meant. So I looked it up. And it says, succeed in ignoring the attraction of. That's what the word resist means. So let's plug it into the verse. So humble yourselves before God. Succeed in ignoring the attraction of the devil, and he will flee from you. That's pretty powerful, guys. God is telling you how to get the devil out of your life, how to make him go away so you can live your destiny through Jesus. Humble yourself before God, resist the devil, ignore his attractions, and he will flee from you. So the next big question is, how can you resist the devil? We know he's a tempter. We know he can't make us sin, but how can we resist him so that he will flee from us? The first one is through prayer and the word. I know you hear that a lot, prayer and the word. Pray, read your Bible, pray, read your Bible. But prayer is our first line of defense, not the last resort. Because you can do so much more for your mind, your body, your soul, your spirit. You can do so much more for that after you've prayed. But until you pray, there's really not anything else you can do. Pray. Read your Bible. So for prayer, there's this guy named Paul. Maybe you know about him. Have you heard of him, Paul, in the Bible? He had a time where he was going through some stuff. I'm going to let Pastor Josh tell you what all he was going through, but there was some stuff going on in his life. He had a thorn in his flesh. He had this stuff going on. He was praying, begging God to take it away from him. And so the Bible says in 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verses 8 and 9, three different times, I begged the Lord to take it away from me. Three different times he called out to God. He called out to God. Each time he, Jesus, said, My grace is all you need. My power works best in weakness. So now I'm glad to boast about my weaknesses so that the power of Christ can work through me. 
I love this verse. And I'm going to tell you why. Because when we go to God for our weaknesses, it gives him the authority to show out a little bit more. This gives God the opportunity to show out or be a little extra. Pastor Jeremy, that's how you use that. Be a little extra in how he rescues us and how he helps us resist the devil and he will flee. I also want to point out when you're reading the Bible, it's important to know the Bible because in the passage in Matthew, Satan knew the Bible. He knew the scripture, but God was able to counteract it. Jesus was able to counteract it with, nope, this is really what it means. So Satan knows the scripture, and he twists it, and he tempts us with it, and he says, well, this is what the Bible says. And if we don't know our Bible, if we don't know our word, how are we going to counteract him? How are we going to counteract back to what he's saying and let him know that that's not accurate? We've got to resist him. So pray to Jesus. Let your weaknesses be made perfect through him, and know your scripture. Know your scripture, guys. The second way that you can resist the devil and he can flee is to have an accountability partner or a prayer partner, if you will. Uh, a lot of people joke about this. They're like, oh, I can go talk to so-and-so. We get coffee every Friday night, and I just tell them everything that's going on in my life. That's a vent partner. What I need you to have is an accountability partner, somebody that you can trust not to blab all of your issues, Somebody that you can trust to really open up and talk to and then who will actually pray for you. Who will actually go before God and intercede for you and pray for the things that you're struggling with. And like I said, it's different from event partner. This person is going to keep you accountable to your ability. That's what accountability partner is. Accountable to your ability to resist the devil. Resist his temptations and ignore what he's throwing out to you. Somebody that you can go to when you're really struggling or somebody you can go to when you're having a great day and you can pray for them is a partnership. The Bible talks about how we need it. Proverbs 27, 17, it says, As iron sharpens iron, so a friend sharpens a friend. So in this verse, friend means somebody you can trust. Somebody that who will really pray for you, not somebody who's going to go blab and say, oh, I'm praying for you, but somebody who really will go to God in prayer for your need. So James 5.16 also says, going back to James, that confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. The earnest prayer of a righteous person has great power and produces wonderful results. Somebody who prays for you that's probably one of the most powerful things you can do. Pray for yourself to God and have somebody else pray for you. That's so powerful, guys. And it seems so simple, but God intended that on purpose. How can we resist the devil? Pray. Have somebody else pray for you. Confess when things are going on in your life and let them pray for you too. These are wonderful ways that you can resist the devil because remember, he can't make you sin, and this is how you're going to defeat him. But I want to be a prayer partner for you guys today. I want to pray for you before we leave, before we head out. I want to pray for you um, as we go out in your life. Will you stand with me, please, as we pray? I'm going to pray for a couple of different things um, for you. First of all, God, thank you for this day. Thank you for the opportunity to come here and tell everyone how to resist, your, how to resist the devil and, and open up our hearts to you. First of all, I want to pray for forgiveness. 
for anyone that's in here or watching online, anyone that ever may watch this in the future. We pray for forgiveness of their sins, forgiveness of falling into the trap of the devil, forgiveness for falling into Tim's temptations. God, we pray forgiveness by the blood that you have shed for us. We ask forgiveness so that we can go forward with our destiny that you have. God, I also pray for power to resist the devil, resist his temptations, so we can succeed in ignoring the attraction of his sin or of his temptations, God, so we don't fall into sin. I pray that you would bring our weaknesses to our mind, weaknesses that we may not know about, weaknesses that we've been struggling with for years, God. I pray you bring those to the forefront of our mind, and I pray that you give us the, the heart to pray to you. Seek an accountability partner. Seek you in prayer. Know your word. That's why you gave us the word, so that we would know how to resist the devil, know how to live our life, and live out the destiny that you have for us. We thank you for all you're going to do, Lord. We thank you for your forgiveness, for your blood, for your power, for the authority you've given us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Amen.